Hey, Robert. Hey, Yaron. So I'm in this weird lighting situation because I'm at a I'm at a in a hotel room in London. So the other side of the world. The other side of the world. So it all looks a little weird, but I think we'll survive this. Uh, so um, uh, we both came across this article by uh by well it's a manifesto actually it's a techno optimist manifesto uh the other day i think it was two days ago and uh, by mark andreessen who is the founder of andreessen Horowitz, uh who's a, a big time um a venture capitalist incredibly successful venture capitalist we've talked about venture capital quite a bit on um uh, in the context of ingenuism. Anyway, he came out with this manifesto about techno-optimism. And I think it struck us both as, wow, this is this is really cool and uh, exciting and also an opportunity. Uh, absolutely. Although I can't believe you left out his, his original claim to fame was as an entrepreneur, uh, launching the That's first right. web browser and then you know, some of the first uh, cloud computer tools. So uh, before uh, Mark Andreessen became an investor, he was an entrepreneur and, you know, very successful, but also very insightful, you know, very early in two of the biggest trends of the last 50 years. Mm -hmm. And and of course, the the um, uh, they have a completely different approach, or at least had a completely different approach to venture capital early on. It's how they really got going. They invested heavily in, in kind of, or they invested a little bit in a lot of very young uh, entrepreneurs that typically a lot of the other venture capital funds uh, might've passed on because of inexperience. And, uh, and they built some of the, one of the most successful incubators in, in really in, um, in the history of venture capital and have been phenomenally successful and incubating these companies with relatively young uh, first-time entrepreneurs. Uh, so, so he's been at the forefront of almost every kind of trend within Silicon Valley. And we talked about him recently because he's one of the few voices coming out of Silicon Valley that is really emphasizing the positive aspect of artificial intelligence when everybody else seems to be completely freaking out <laughs> about the end of the world and about uh you know the terminator movie is coming true uh, mark andreessen has actually spent a lot of time trying to trying to point out the positives of of the positive potential of uh, artificial intelligence and trying to get everybody to just calm down a little bit and and and, and consider consider the upside not just the the fantasy downside yeah, uh, he is reliably and emphatically positive on the benefits of technology and progress, which, you know, weirdly isn't always the case in in Silicon Valley. Uh, entrepreneurs tend to be very positive and emphatically in favor of whatever they're doing, but then there's you know other stuff that that maybe needs to have a, a different approach where you know, Mark and Beeson staked out that this is how it should be for everything, for everybody, for all efforts. And it's refreshing because um, he's, you know, in a sense, he's talking up his own book, but in a, a much more real sense, he has a vision for humanity that is very much aligned with ingenuism. Uh, and I think it it's, makes the important point that ingenuism isn't something out in the field. It, it's what in fact, in different forms, is you know either intuited or uh, you know explicitly stated 
uh, is behind successful organizations and successful individuals. Uh, and so it's it's nice to see someone take up the drumbeat for progress and, and with no apologies and to recognize that if the alternative, you know, and, and it's a slippery slope. I mean, in hypothetically, you could just tweak around the edges, but there is no evidence that uh, government regulatory agencies tweak around the edges. That's uh, yep. just, it's not how it uh, generally goes. Yep. And so to recognize the opportunity cost of putting your foot on the brake and how that diverges the future we end up in from the future we could have ended up in and the you know the massive human costs that are borne primarily by the the, the less well off on the planet you know we we might not be as rich in 50 years our kids might not be as rich as in 50 years but there are people who if we put our foot on the brake there are people and i'm talking about hundreds of millions possibly billions of people who will be in poverty that could have been in material abundance. Uh, and Mark Andreessen finds that unacceptable and we find it unacceptable. So it, it's it's very refreshing to see that. And yeah, and it's 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 hard to believe that uh that if you don't put your foot on the brakes, that we're not all better off, because I think we're all better off. It's not it's not a zero sum that the the poor are better off because we are we've slowed down. We're, we're just all and I think that the beauty of what Andreessen has written is it, it really is an ode to progress to and recognizing the role of technology in progress. And it's an ode to abundance. I mean, he's big on this idea that abundance is an amazing thing. Um, I think, I think um, it's, it's amazing to read and it's a little scary that it's amazing to read because you'd think that this would be, just a common attitude, particularly of people involved in technology, but the common attitude of the culture more broadly, because we're all the massive beneficiaries of technological progress, of, of growth, economic growth, of abundance. And, and you have to say that if you're middle class and above in America today, with, with regard to a lot of things, there is abundance. Uh, and, you know, just go into the grocery store and see the choices that you have. That's that's the definition of abundance. It doesn't mean it's free. It just means that plenty of choices and 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 people can afford them. Um, so so this should be kind of the 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 thing that everybody holds. It, it's it's sad in a sense that you need somebody like Andreessen to to remind us and make such a forceful uh, attempt at it. And I think part of what is missing from Andreessen is kind of an ingenuous and framework is understanding. Okay, but but why what 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 actually makes all this possible what drives technological progress abundance growth and all of those things i mean he comes very close but he doesn't quite have a model for what is actually generating it and that's what ingenuism you know we we start talking about it to provide that framework uh mm -hmm. because mark and Reeson, among you know lots of successful entrepreneurs and investors intuits that these things are incredibly important and, uh, and basically makes the assertion that these are incredibly important, regardless of you know what problems you're trying to solve, that technology is the solution. And I, I agree, but it is one step removed from what, what we would say is really going on, which is that uh, and not only do you have to create an environment where people are are 
nurtured to to uh, tap their ingenuity and start creating new ideas and and new insights and new technologies. And for him, I like the way he defines technology as as both ideas and tools, uh, which is the right way to do it. People think of technology as like, oh, the iPhone, this is technology. But technology comes in a lot of different flavors and accomplishes a lot of different things. Um, but in addition to having that, that sort of environment, the level of connection that we have in the world is also incredibly important. And you know, it, it might be that it's time to, to start thinking about ingenuism 2.0, because when we started this, the idea was, you know, there are certain rules that you can't violate if you want to be effective and, and have progress in the world, regardless of what your goals are. And they're violated all the time. And they're violated primarily and in the worst ways at the top, you know, mm -hmm. by by central authorities. Uh, and so let's just make the point that this is a bad way of doing it. Um, and of course it has no impact because it involves the central authorities, you know, decentralizing authority. Um, and the way might be that you, you just get everyone thinking like Mark Andreessen. And to do that, it has to be more than just a, I intuit that technology is the answer. Because unfortunately, there are a lot of people who intuit that technology is the problem. Uh, and so if you take a step back and you say ingenuity is the answer and what you're thinking about technology is only one way to think about it. And how do we foster ingenuity? How do we give people uh, an environment that they or, or allow them to develop an environment where they are able to tap into something that is a natural part of the human condition? If everyone was an ingenuist, uh, we wouldn't be you know, in awe of Mark Andreessen's. Um, well, so we'd be like, oh, here's another. <laughs> I mean, there'd, there'd, be, there'd be very few problems in the world, I suspect, if everybody was that. Uh, the challenge is how do we get to that point? And, and, and part of it is educate people about, about these benefits and, and realizations. And, and, but if, sadly, there are lots of ideologies out there they kind of clash with even the goals of, of uh, human flourishing and human success. So, um, you know, it's part of the world in which we live and we have to deal with it and we have to make the most of, of the better people that we have. And that's part of why it's so uh, encouraging to see Mark Andreessen do this. Yes, because, you know, if, if you have a thousand Mark Andreessen's talking to a million people, then it's not long before the general attitude starts to change. And then that's where you actually would see movement in, in the worst offenders, you know, at the top in the political system. Until then, you know, it's, it's probably moot. Uh, but that in itself is, you know, a very ingenuous way of looking at it. I mean, our original thought, if we can impact the top, well, that, that's, that would be very effective hypothetically, but, <laughs> In practice, that's just not how things are done. Uh, you know, ingenuism, techno optimism, these are things that uh, are going to end up spreading virally. They're going to yep. end up taking over the world because they are the answer. Um, but it it requires that that they spread sort of person to person. Yes, absolutely. And and people who are interested, I mean, you can look at uh, a16z.com or you just just uh, Google uh, techno optimism and uh, Andreessen Horowitz or, or Mark Andreessen, and and you can find the article. I encourage people to share it and get it out there. It, it's it's very non political. He really is making an effort not to offend anybody. 
um, and and really just focus on on what I think we agree on non-controversial issues around uh, human prosperity, human growth, and and the, the the real effects of technology and the, the the real impacts that they have. And I think the more people engage with this, the better off it is. And and yeah, in the end, the people at the top are somewhat a reflection of the culture that we have at the bottom. If we, if we can change the culture at the bottom, the people at the top will change. They that's the only way they can get elected. Um, and 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 they change. So uh, the effort really is education, education, education. And and look, the funny thing is, that not that long ago, this was the culture. I mean, I I don't think, I don't think it's far fetched to say that is, even you know we were hanging out in the '90s in Silicon Valley. There was much more of this. There was much more of a techno-optimistic attitude, uh, and something's unfortunately happened in the last twenty years to change that. But uh, but this was the dominant, I think, view uh, back then, and and it's kind of sad to have shifted away from it. I think you know, I, I definitely think it's sad, but I think it's also incredibly um, costly and damaging. Yep. I mean, you you said a few minutes ago, you know, if everyone thought like Mark Andreessen, we wouldn't have a lot of problems, and and I'm going to say we would have a lot of problems, but they would be much much better problems. They would be problems of how do we farm on Mars or how do we mine the asteroids? Where yeah. it's not a hypothetical question. Challenges, not problems, I guess. <laughs> exactly, uh, and the the difference that that's a great way to put it because the difference between a challenge and a problem it, we often collapse them but there's a really important difference because uh, problems are something that you solve in order to have something not happen mm -hmm. where a challenge is something you solve in order to have something happen and get a positive result not to avoid a negative result yep. and that that shift in focus from challenges to problems uh, and, and every problem can be re, reconstructed as a challenge, which is what is it not that I don't want, want to avoid, but what do I want to have instead of whatever I have now? Uh, but that's not, that's less and less um, how people think about things. Um, you know, climate change is, is controversial, so it's dangerous to talk about in a uh, if you're trying to make a blanket statement that appeals to everybody, but the reality is that climate change is posed as a problem, and as a problem, it calls for certain solutions versus climate change as a challenge. Or let's say, uh, you know, I think it's not controversial to say that that the globe has warmed mm -hmm. without getting into the reasons and the results of that. Uh, okay, well, what do we want? What is the what is it that we want? Do we want it to stop warming? Do we want it to be a degree cooler? Do we want it to be a degree? and that becomes a challenge and something that that I think is actually from a technology perspective it would not be difficult to solve mm -hmm. and probably not that expensive if you if you start opening yourself up to okay, how do we get what we want and how do we avoid what we think we're going to get. And the beauty is that you exact once you frame it as a challenge, you get ingenuism activated in a sense, right? So you get ingenuity, right? Problems are, are, are hindrances that what you can't do, blockades, uh, and and challenges open ended. Okay, well let's find a solution. And this is where ingenuity comes in. This is where individual initiative comes in. This is where connection comes in because if we face a challenge, we 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 can solve it. Uh, you know, as, as uh, together as in teams, and and we can figure this out. So, and and knowledge 
that is developed far, far away. You, you can access very, very quickly today. So ingenuity really kicks in. Ingenuism really kicks in when you start framing everything as a challenge. And that, that's where solution comes from. Yeah, that that itself would be, um, it goes on the list of, you know, how do we, what do we change about how we develop uh, ourselves and in particular young people inside of schooling and outside of schooling? Um, just, you know, we, we talk all about problems mm -hmm. throughout school. And it's a certain type of problem that is is defined differently. You know, it's a well-specified here, solve this problem. Uh, but it, it just starts this, that drip of driving the attention to don't get the wrong answer as opposed to what can you actually learn. Yeah, and it's, it's it, it, orienting people towards positive values, orienting people towards achieving something, some positive outcome uh, is, is a really important change, uh, mindset to have. Um, and, uh, you know, human flourishing or economic growth, depending on the context in which you think about it. Uh, once you, once you frame things in those terms, um, th there's a lot of ideas out there. There's a lot of people who can, who can, uh, be, uh, bring the ingenuity to, uh, to the issues and uh, the challenges. That, that raises something that exciting to bring up because, um, in the manifesto, and this is a good example of, of where I think you know applying ingenuism has value if you're trying to to uh, appeal to the world as opposed to a tribe. Uh, there's a uh, a stated belief about uh, a universal basic income, um, and it's one that. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it's one that I think you would completely agree with philosophically that uh, basically with a universal basic income, uh, people become, they're, they're now farmed by the government and that, that's not what a techno-optimist believes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's probably exactly what you believe. Uh, and it's I'm, something I'm sympathetic to. And it's something that a lot of people would viscerally reject. Uh, and if you start from the lens of ingenuism and you say, okay, well, let's think about a universal basic income. Um, is it going to increase connection? Is it going to increase learning? How is it going to impact ingenuity? And you know, given that ingenuity is the intersection of, of curiosity and ambition, you know, how is it going to impact curiosity and ambition? And you could argue both ways. Uh, I think we we would lean towards it's going to suppress ambition more than it elevates curiosity, yep. and that effect is going to be negative. And then you'd say, okay, well, we want to be careful because this could be a significant negative from the perspective of, of progress with ingenuism. And then you go out and say, okay, well, we could be wrong, so let's do some some small experiments and let's gather the data we need to be able to figure out is there something here? Is there some universal principle that positive or negative is there some mixed principle where in certain situations it, it's a, a, a huge win and in other situations it's a huge loss but actually discover what the result would be from a universal basic income but instead what we typically get are, are people who either say no that's crazy we don't believe in that kind of stuff you see people are saying yes this is clearly necessary for human dignity and I don't want to argue against human dignity. I want to just test that hypothesis 
that it really is something that's going to to benefit because I'm very skeptical. Yeah, I am too. But but I also am skeptical of. I think it's very. These are the kind of things that are very difficult to test. I mean, it, it, because there have been some tests, but they're always going to be critics because it's it's. You know, some people are going to bet. It's no question that for some people, this will be increased curiosity more than. But what does an average mean? How do we measure that? I mean, it's very complex, and and there's a sense in which as an ingenuous one wants to step even one step back from that and say, what is the problem we're trying to solve? So there are people who don't make enough money. There are people who are below the poverty line or, or something like that. What is the, how do we solve that problem? UBI being one of many potential solutions. And so I'd like to step even further back and say, okay, what is the problem? And, or what is the challenge? There we go. What is the challenge? And how do we how do we solve this challenge? And I have a feeling there are more optimal uh, solutions that are more consistent with this kind of techno optimistic view of the world uh, that 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 we could come up with uh, that that maybe are not as quite as universal um, in uh, you know we're making assumption that people behave in a particular way that they're not quite universal in those kind of assumptions. I, I think that we completely agree and are talking about slightly different things yep. because there's the question of how can we make people better off individually? You know, if they're mm -hmm. if if they're poor, you know, what is it that would benefit them? And then you can, you know, the the, the market uh, section of Andreessen's manifesto, I think is really solid at making the point, maybe maybe <laughs> overly. Um, redundant because the, the point is that markets work and markets have worked to create abundance even for the poor in the United States. Uh, and you know one way you get the equivalent of a universal basic income is you let technology make energy free, that you, you the marginal cost of physical goods approaches zero with energy being free. Uh, yeah. and, it, and it and so you don't need an income because it's every or much of an income. Yeah. Um, but what I was more looking at is the question of would a universal basic income make the world a better place? And if it if it did, what would it look like? Because people have a vision of, oh, a universal basic income is this. And it's even the name, universal basic income. So it seems very well universal. defined. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think anyone really means uh, universal. Uh, and and if you do, then is it also include one-year-olds, um, ten-year-olds, fetuses, yep. like yep. and how big is it? And like, what does basic mean? And what is income? Is it cash? Is it income? Uh, but those questions are are detailed tactics. The strategy would be, you know, look, this does this abundance is making the world a better place. And one of the reasons is because people have more time to, to spend indulging their ingenuity. Mm -hmm. They're not just trying to survive. Yep. And so would this make the world a better place? Now, I don't think it's the, this big lever that you would pull first in terms of trying to make the world a better place, but it is an example of something that easily devolves into tribes and it from the lens of ingenuism, you can immediately see why that is, because it's not it's not clear cut if you think about it in terms of curiosity mm -hmm. and ambition, but it is testable. And I agree it would be difficult and people would 
use their tribal instincts to try and interpret whatever results you got in their favor. But there would be a way to start answering the question, does the universal basic income make the world a better place? Yep. But nobody's Good. talking about doing that. People are talking about how do yep. we get there? It's like Obamacare. How do we get what we really want by getting there in stages versus can we figure out if this is something that is actually going to make the world a better place? Yeah. And is the, is the end result that we're striving towards, is that going to make the world a better place? So this is a, you know, because this is a step in a particular direction. Is the direction a good direction from the perspective of making the world a better place? Right. Uh, and when you have it's centralized decision making, it's always how do we get the first step so we can get momentum so that we can get there regardless of what we learned yeah. along the way, not yeah. based on what we learned along the way. Yeah. That's why we need uh, 350 million ingenuous in the United States and then absolutely the world. Well, I mean, um, good friend, Dreesen, this is, I think, a, a valuable article or, or manifesto. I think people are going to be inspired by it. I hope a lot of people sign up for it, um, and uh, he, 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 you know, and, and he has a kind of a reading list at the bottom, at least, of authors that he suggests reading, uh, which is useful. But uh, and I think the other thing about if if people go and read this, it's nicely written. It's kind of written in a in a pretty pretty uh, style that anybody I think can understand. It's it's pithy. Uh, but but still making a, making an argument and and presenting an argument. So so I'm I'm overwhelmingly positive about this development. This is good. Yep, techno optimists. There you go. Are.